0: Alright, so <laughs> hopefully everybody has an outline. It should say, happy, abundant, and generous. Happy, abundant, and generous. That's what God thinks about us. Uh, that's His will for us. He wants us to be happy, abundant, and generous. And by the way, those words happy and abundant are connected to this word generous. The great law of the universe is give and it should be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over. Shall I pour into your lap? So God himself does that. He sowed Jesus, the most precious, expensive gift in the universe. And he continues to give. God is a giver. He gives spiritual gifts. He gives all kinds of things, as you well know. I want to start in Second Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 to 15. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Sounds like a business proposition to me. Yeah. Each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion. <clears throat> Excuse me. For God loves a cheerful giver, and God is able to bless you abundantly. This is a really amazing thing. So that at all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. So he loves cheerful givers. Don't do it under compulsion. There's something about this that's like Him, so He just wants you to be like Him. And God is able to bless you abundantly. Don't forget this part. So at all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work, right? Not only that you abound, but you abound in every good work, that you too become part of the process. So He gives, you give. It's just a celebration, actually. And everybody has enough. And everybody enjoys, right? Everybody's happy. As written, they have... Freely scatter their gifts to the poor. Their righteousness endures forever. Now he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed. Seed meaning money. And will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. That means you do good works. That means it counts for the future, for heaven, right? It means God likes it. You'll be enriched in every way. So having done that said thing, You'll be enriched in every way. Do you notice that word every? Isn't that interesting? In every way. Not just financially, in every way. That's why I call this happy, abundant, and generous. Who wants to be generous and grumpy? <laughs> Who wants to be generous and not happy, right? I think we want the whole package, right? You'll be enriched in every way. So, what is it that you need to be enriched in? Which way? Want your children to come to the Lord? Do you like your health? It's every way. It's all a package, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. Wow, thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God, because when we are givers, many people benefit, and they give thanks to God. And it's a beautiful thing to hear thanksgiving. One of God's favorite things is Thanksgiving. Notice that giving is in the word thanksgiving, right? Because something out of yourself, something comes from you to say thank you to the Lord. God likes to hear that word thank you more than we know. I've, I've discovered that in my walk with the Lord. He really likes thankful people. I like to be around thankful people, don't you? Grateful people, happy people, you know, and I don't even like myself when I'm not thankful. Or I don't like it either. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Jesus Christ. He's talking about an offering that he's raising from the Corinthians. And for your generosity in sharing with them with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. And then he says this, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. That's Jesus. Who came and shed blood free and rose from the dead and then offered you eternal life. Talk about a gift and giving. Wow. I want to pause on that just for a moment. I sense that maybe some of you are just struggling a little bit with some heaviness. I just remember, it's not all about here. There's a whole eternity waiting us. And we get to sow toward it. We get to be abundant here, but we get to sow toward something that we can't even imagine, right? Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. And if you've been a little bit low... A little distracted. May the Lord just break that off of you. May just cause that to lift off of you during this service. I pray there would be a happiness that would come in. I just lift the weight of the world off of you, the weight of your responsibilities, even God's responsibilities. Maybe you have responsibilities that you do here even in this church. May the Lord just lift that off of you. May God just bring a certain joy and a happiness. In Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to talk about happy, abundant, and generous. So, when you look at this passage, you just notice all the joy in it, right? All the happiness in it. God's the most generous of all. He's also the happiest, by the way. When we give, we enter into the life of the indescribable gift, mentioned in verse 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. That's Jesus. But Sometimes our view of Jesus is a little bit, like, warped at times. I've noticed that as I've gotten to know Jesus more and more through the years, how actually there is a joy in heaven. There's a joy to godly things. That's why you've got to be careful in our age right now when all the negative news and depression's coming. Make sure you don't drown out the sound of joy. Do you know God's not wringing his hands over this COVID thing? He is not going, oh my gosh, what are we going to do? I don't know what to do. <laughs> my poor people, what are we going to do about them? Got any ideas, Gabriel? Well, Right? He's just not there. Heaven's not there. So you got to make sure that if if we're walking with God, you have to walk in the heavens a little bit. Walk in that space. That's why people don't understand us very well as Christians. We should be so much more alarmed than we are, and maybe even mean than we are. (laughs) Don't you know? We're going to die. We're going to (laughs) die. You know. I say. People get irritated where we're just not that far into it. I know I'm alarmed, but I'm not that far in. You know, I'm too busy enjoying this indescribable gift named Jesus. So that's why it must be irritating to them. Because we look like we're stupid. And you know, we're just kind of marching. We literally are marching to the beat of a different drummer. We just are. I can't help it. I'm sorry. People say to me sometimes... Another pastor said, you're so brave. I said, what? I'm not brave. I just like God. It's fun. And also, he really is a nice guy. And he likes to heal and deliver, speak, and encourage. That's why. So, if you have that knowledge and understanding, you know, you learn to enjoy the happy, abundant, and generous God that He is. There's a cost to generosity. Death before life, loss before gain, risk before reward. But I've found through the years, yes, there are seasons when the, game, the risk or the reward delays a little bit. But I found Him to be abundant. He actually said so. I came that they might have life and have it abundantly, except for their finances and their health. I want them to be, I don't care much about that. But as long as they're super spiritual, we're good. I don't think so. John 12:23 and 24. The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified very truly. I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds. So even if a seed dies, it there's a death of something, there's always a resurrection in God for every good thing, every good purpose. I think some wheat has fallen into the ground during this time. But I'm I'm watching for the harvest already. We've already been seeing it. We we got a sneak preview of all the kernels that have been falling in the ground. Because I'll tell you, we've been humbled, we've been sowed in the ground, and now we're beginning to see grace, grace, grace. I see it everywhere. I can feel it. I can feel the tide a turning, But with Jesus, referring here to him himself. So all that goodness and grace, but he was sowed into the ground. He allowed himself to die. And if he hadn't, he would just have him and some angels. But as it is, he's got, you know, probably even on this earth, uh, there's, there's millions. I think the uh, last number somebody estimated there might be 31% of the planet may call itself Christian now as opposed to maybe 20% of the Muslims. Now, whether they are or not, I don't know, but that's a lot of seeds that came out of the ground from this one death. And, of course, he proved that it was going all of us would come to life because he didn't stay in the ground, did he? He resurrected from the dead, and then he commissioned us. Hey, go get me some more seed, huh? <clears throat> Giving seems to be a contradiction, but offers great reward. The natural order understands this very well, right? The world system that Satan runs, does not understand. So the natural order, seed time and harvest, right? God put it there for us to see. The key here is that Jesus gave and received more. So he gave his life, but he received more, right? But if it dies, it produces many seeds. That would be us, seeds here in this room. And the interesting thing about that is, although it was a horrible, hideous death and a lot of suffering planned, from the beginning, by the way, of the world, understood by the Godhead that this was going to happen, that Jesus would take his assignment. But I want to read to you uh, Hebrews uh, chapter 12, verse 2, which is highly significant for us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. So he's the one that pioneered it. He's the one that perfects us. He helps us to believe. He helps us in the very principles, to believe the very principles that I'm sharing from his word. For the joy set before him, interestingly. So he went to the cross for the joy set before him. He endured the cross, scorning it shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So... This was painful seed that he sowed, but it still had joy in it. That's why God loves a joyful giver, a cheerful giver. Because he knows that that person also understands that as they're sowing, they'll be reaping. You can never outgive God. And the Son of God knew there was a joy set before him. He saw in advance all of us, so he sowed his very life into the ground. I just think that's amazing. It helps me understand giving so much more easy, whether I'm giving my time or my energy. You just can't outgive God. He's already ahead of you. He already understands it freely. and he's given this wonderful invitation. Come on with me. I don't want to go that way. It looks like death or loss or something. You know It doesn't look good to me, whether I'm sowing my time, my energy, uh, uh, you know, putting some time into a homeless person or maybe encouraging a brother or a sister or whatever. Wow, I don't know. I don't know. That's some things that I, I really uh, feel sad about sometimes when I watch fellow pastors in the ministry. They get so overwhelmed sometimes that they stop looking forward to sowing in another person. I hope I never get that way. We're in the ministry, but the ministry is not like a burden. Some, I've watched some people that carry it like, man, That's they're just they're like, you know, Scrooge, you know, they with all the chains on him, you know. <laughs> I mean, it's... Wow, if it got into that, come on now. There's joy on the other side when you're sowing another person. Whether well, it's a homeless person or a friend or a neighbor. There's a joy there. If you look for it and believe for it, you'll find it. But about the Son, about Jesus, this is Hebrews one, eight, and nine, your throne of God will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore God your God has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. I want that, that oil of joy thing. Maybe some of you lost that, haven't been able to find your joy. May God give you your oil of joy. And when you sow toward your children, when you sow all that energy and time to those kids you got, may there be joy there. There's reward there. First, that they're going to turn out a lot better than if you did. not second of all, you're raising up another son or daughter of the kingdom. You know. Joy. I just like that. He did all this. And he's been set above all his companions, above all the angels, every all of heaven, right? And God anoints you. And the distinguishing mark has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. Have you ever thought about that for a minute? How happy... Heaven must be. That's why I call happy, abundant, and generous. Heaven's happy. Very, very happy. Jesus is happy. Well, what happened in the resurrection and what's happening now? He is anointed with the oil of joy, and to get closer to Him, He anoints you with the joy, oil of joy. I tell you, some of us are more depressed kind of people, melancholy people. And some of us, you know, kind of bounce around like we don't have a brain in our head. being said from a melancholy point of view. But nevertheless, all of us can be anointed with the oil of joy. All of us, in our own way. You may have an Igor kind of joy, or you just meet bouncy, twice as bouncy as you were before. It doesn't matter. But whatever your temperament, there still is this undergirding, wonderful, beautiful Joy that God offers and is in our walk with God, right? So there's a cost to generosity death before life, loss before gain, risk before reward. That's really kind of important to know, I think, right? <clears throat> Giving seems like such a contradiction at times because it doesn't feel good sometimes. It feels, matter of fact, can be just downright exhausting at times. But it's so important that we keep this perspective uh, the Lord has, right? The hour has come for the Son of Man. Remember I said, anyone who loved... But if it remains, it produces many seeds. The key here is that Jesus gave and received more. There was joy in that choice and after choice. There's joy in all of these choices we make. It's a picture of really the Christian life when we get to Matthew chapter 13, verses 1 to 9. And uh, I just want to read this little parable. That same day Jesus went out Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. So other seed fell on good soil, where it produced a crop. A hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven have been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. Why... Those that have will have an abundance because they sow it. That's why they'll have an abundance. Whoever has will be given more. The secrets of the kingdom are work like this. Whoever has will be given more and they'll have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have, will be taken from them. Because those that don't have, don't sow. Those that do have, sow. For me, it's gotten to the place financially and every otherwise and even in my time, which is, a big thing for me, right? That I I realize every giving situation, whether it's time or money, is an opportunity for productivity. It's an opportunity to have more, right? Verse 18. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom, it is to understand that the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky places refers to someone who hears the word at once and receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time when trouble or persecution comes because of the word. They quickly fall away. In other words, they don't continue. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the the word understands it this is the one who produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown so that's called good soil good soil right i want to talk a little bit from matthew 25 if you look on your outline room number 3 about investing with god and if you look on the outline it says sharing the master's happiness and i want you to catch this this is a very familiar a section of scripture and uh, but I want you to catch the master's happiness matter of fact out of this whole message I want you to catch the happy part of the abundant and generous thing, the happy part sometimes people give but miss the happy part, I don't know maybe giving for them has become like a rote thing you know and something that they do, whether they tithe or whether they do this or that or maybe even with the children maybe you're sowing so much into your kids or sowing so much into an area you know and it's costing you a lot Maybe you're taking care of a sick relative or a friend. Maybe you're teaching school, being generous with your time, you know, but little brats are getting to you, you know. It's really easy for that to happen. My mother, I watched my mother, by the way, in this. And there's different ways to give, right? And I was watching my mother through the years do this. And my mother handled it so well. And so did uh, my wife's sister, I think. They handled it so well. They loved those kids to the 25th or 30th year of their career I mean and they sowed so much and they never gotten bitter they had other teachers get bitter and they did think you know there's a lot of bitter teachers evidently out there right now but they and, and you know and that's <clears throat> when I think of our education I just think you know wow I want kids teachers that are excited about yeah. what's going on I want them I want the atmosphere to be happy I I want it not only that we're learning and working, but we're happy. It's fun to be here. And it's fun for me to sow into you, children, because I got a huge reward on the other side of it. It's my great privilege to make sure that you learn some things that benefit in your life and learn that God is a happy God and that we can all be happy together and friendly and have fun, you know? Wow. What a far cry from the schools today, right? Some of the ones we see, at least on television, but not in our school. Right? So this sharing the Master's happiness, sometimes we can give, give, give so much, but we don't look because this happiness is just around the corner. If you're working hard and you're sowing and, and someone, listen, it's not too hard, i found. Sometimes I work so hard, but I, I, I just take a moment. Okay, God, all that seed's out there. Are you happy with me? <laughs> give me some of the happiness, you know. I want to thank you for the privilege of doing this with you. You know, sometimes even with your children, it's the same, you know, your own kids, you know, changing umpteenth diapers. And, and then as you go up, there's other diapers, but they're not the little ones, diapers. They make messes other way, right? But still, what a privilege to sew into my own children, to be an example to my own kids, to give, to give. They remember. They remember it all even though they don't look like it when they get a little older. They remember the times that you let them use the car, and they let the times you bought them the car, and they remember the times. They remember. They remember. And they also remember when you were stingy. But the most important thing is they'll do it themselves. They'll model after you. Hopefully by God's grace. That's what you want, right? So sometimes we get weary with well-doing. So I'm going to read this little parable again. It's called the Parable of the Bags of Gold. It will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them. God entrusts his wealth to us. What's more important? Money or the gospel? What's more important? That a person knows Jesus or that has plenty of material goods. That's why with our warehouse, we found, uh, and also all the housing that we're doing right now. We've been housing quite a few people. And it's been expensive but joyous. But one thing we found is we don't want to just house you. We want to know you, we want you to be known we want to be your friend as best we can, and that's why maybe some of you here have received some benefit from us, make sure that you get healed all the way because if you've been homeless or you've had difficulty for a long time, you need people you need people and you know that maybe some people don't know that they need people some people won't get healed unless they have other people so, I don't know why I said all that but anyway, here we go To one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received five bags of gold went at once and put his money to work and gained five bags more. Okay, so this is something powerful. This is a principle of the kingdom, but it's also pretty cool. You're supposed to prosper with your investments. Even if you invest money, he wants you to prosper. The normal thing in the kingdom is abundance. the the normal uh, law of the kingdom is sowing and reaping this is normal so if you sow and you give to God there's a reaping process that he does but there's also God wants you to sow in your own job sow your time, energy, whatever it requires business people who make a lot of money understand that sometimes people that aren't making a lot of money don't understand that but the normal process is that we make more bags of gold and that's God's reward for our faithfulness some people get reward without being faithful but that's not our concern. This is the promise for every believer. That's why if you're working at a job, you need to make that work well. do well at your job. You need to make that company productive. You need to make sure that you're not just punching a time card, but you're in the flow of it. Because if it does well, you will do well. Or at least better, right? I'm so grateful for our employees. We have over 100 now. 130 or something like that. And I'm so Thankful because when I walk in that warehouse where most of them are or in our offices somewhere or wherever else we're doing things in the school, in our place, there's a sound of joy. You can feel it everywhere you go. Sometimes I just walk through the warehouse or I just walk through the halls of the school just to feel joy or come to a meeting and sit in the back. There's a sound of joy everywhere. This is the way it should be, right? Because we're gaining five bags more. (laughs) We're investing our time. Wherever we have best our time, God always brings this law of sowing and reaping. You can't afford not to be generous. Yeah. It's dumb. It's dumb whether you're sowing kindness to a person with what you say or whether you're sowing money toward a person or whether you're sowing your time to help somebody. Yeah. My goodness. And some of you have very difficult jobs. I know people that sow so much time and energy into people. I'm just going to try to get you to look, 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 look past it. Some of you who take care of older people and nursing homes and those sort of things, you have time-intensive jobs. Some of you who are serving an injured person, maybe an injured relative or someone that's not doing well. Oh my! Try to look on the other side of it. You're just storing up lots of gold, man. I mean, there's there's happiness here. There's if you just wait just a moment. Remember, you're doing just like Jesus, and all those little kids you have running around you, and you giving them their their daily bread and all the rest of it. You listen, it, it, there's joy there if you just find it, because God can't be, help be happy as we're going to see when we sow. Question is, we're sort of part of the process there. So also, well, two bags of gold gained two more, but the one who had received one bag went off and dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. I'm so happy that so many of you are sowing talents and giftings in so many different ways, with your children, your families, other people. You can't hide the master's money doesn't work. Oh it's like taking all the oil in the kingdom, right, off of the machinery. It just starts growing really squeaky, right? After a long time, the master... And don't feel sorry for anybody that sews. I only feel sorry for people who sew a lot and don't expect. <laughs> That's who I feel sorry for. Yeah. Yeah. Like, get off the cross, honey. Somebody else needs the wood. <laughs> <laughs> who said that? <laughs> Dolly Parton, of course, my hero. <laughs> I barely know who she is, but anyway. I just thought it was a pretty cool saying, right? <laughs> I think, get off the cross and go for the resurrection, because every so a see, there's resurrection power on the other end of it. Oh my gosh. And if you're missing it, you're missing it because your faith went down and you got tired and you... Stop seeing the way the kingdom works because the kingdom is what is it? Happy, abundant, and generous because that's the way God is. After a long time, the master, those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, You had trusted me with five bags of gold. See, I've gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's. There it is, happiness. When you sow, there's Master's happiness on the other side of it. It's not just money, anything. Anything. Little kids, older people, family, workers, employees at your job. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I've gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful of a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you've not sown and gather where you've not scattered seed. Now, Jesus isn't hard, but it's interesting because he's letting himself be portrayed this way. He said, I always expect return on my investment. If you invest, making a boss look good above you, if you invest in someone that doesn't appreciate you, but you're sowing your time into them, if you invest, there's a return. There's a return. There's always a return. So I was afraid and went out and hid your gold in the ground. See, here's what belongs to you. His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I received it, I would have returned it back with interest. So whatever we do with this whole thing that I'm reading here, whatever you do is use it as a springboard for understanding that sowing and reaping are in order and that it's a happy thing when you give time, energy, or money away, and you should expect a harvest in your own life all the time, whether it's financial or otherwise, right? All right. I think it's good news, don't you? Is God a hard man, limited his affections, stingy by taking what is not his? (laughs) Verse 24. No, no, no. Sometimes we get a fearful limited view of God. No relationship, no joy, no motivation. What God really wants for you is in verses 28. 29. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who has ten bags. Whoever has will be given more and they'll have an abundance. Whoa! What did he say? Did you get that? Yes. When you sow, you get an abundance. Watch for it. Look for it. Be happy about it. See it before it comes. Yes. Draw it to you. Wow. Whoever does not have even what they have will be taken from them. And throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So the whole kingdom of God is happy, abundant, and generous. It works according to these principles. And the greatest example of all, for the joy set before Him, He endured the cross. He went into the soil, happy. And came out abundant and more generous than ever, right? For what He pot, for what He sowed. And for the likes of you and I, think about it. All the believers throughout the earth and all the history... Wow, from that one wonderful sacrifice. Last point, experiencing the good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over God. I like to talk about this a lot. Remember, I'm not just talking about money, but all kinds of things. Happiness, freedom, whatever it is that you value the most. For some of us, it's not money. For some, it's other things that haven't been changed. Do not judge, you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. Oh, man. Whoa. This is a huge lifestyle. Pay attention to these scriptures. It's not just money he's talking about here. Do not judge and you'll not be judged. Do not condemn and you'll not be con- condemned. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. These are outlets to joy and productivity and grace. And when you go the other way, you're like getting the benefit of something you shouldn't be sowing, right? And give and I'll be given to you. How much will be given to you? A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be poured in your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you in return. Wow. How you forgive people, how you're critical of people, whatever your measuring right is, how much you, how you give to God or give to others, how generous you are, whatever it is. Some of us are good in some areas, but lousy in other areas. We might sow money and be very generous, but be be stingy with our wife in terms of the way we share our time with her or our thoughts with her or our life with her. She lives over here, you live over here. But you may be productive financially, right? It's really important that we learn this giving. I think we should get good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over in our marriages and our families. And I think even time... And I have to keep remembering this because I sow a lot of time. But I tell you what, I've I've been changing. I've been thinking about this for a moment. Okay, yes, I sow the time. But if I sow the time, I should also expect more time. I should actually be expecting something here. Because sometimes when our time we're sowing, I'm not just talking about any kind of sowing. No, I'm talking about good sowing. Whether it's a job or whether it's to serve people. When I sow with my time, I should expect God to give me more. Right? Right? That's an uncharted territory for many of us. And I've just been working on this because the thing is, it all depends on how you look at God. If you're paying the toll, doing your job, you know, stepping in there, you know, paying the master, where there's a whip, there's a way, you know. That's one view. But what about the happy, abundant, and generous God who likes to give time, energy, likes to give all kinds of stuff, all kinds of gifts. So if I'm giving my time or I'm stuck in a place, we should transform it. I think we can transform it by our faith, Faith transforms everything. It says when you give your time, energy, or something to it and you have no faith whatsoever, then it's a painful thing. But you don't get the benefit. Because everything works on faith, right? And God's promises. Experiencing the good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over God. This we just discovered. This is what He is, right? And I thought that's very interesting. Do not judge, you will not be judged. Wow. Man, that's a big one. I don't like to be judged. Who likes to be judged in here? Oof, that's painful, especially in a culture that's so, like, antsy about everything, right? Wow. Carrying their feelings on their sleeve and noticing every little nuance and every little critical thing and whatever, you know. Our entire news networks are put together like this. That's one thing I have to watch myself a little bit, with, you know. Come on, you know, okay, yeah, 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 because they gotta do this program, right? And they gotta, you know, they, and bad news is interesting, I guess. But I tell you, you watch too much of it, and you get the spirit of it, and it, sometimes I don't think it's so healthy for you, you know, because they're just trying to dredge up something on somebody so they can get look more spectacular, The more spectacular they can make it, and the worse they can make a person look, the better it is, right? Because nobody wants to watch a boring broadcast; they won't watch anymore, right? So you got to be careful you don't enter into the, too much of the spirit of judgment. Do not judge and you will not be judged. Do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Now some things need to be judged properly, but you know what I'm saying. There's just the spirit of this, condemning and all that. Forgive and you'll be forgiven. And so we're in this dichotomy of having to be able to be clear and judge things, but at the same time, not judge things. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's judging correctly seen, and then there's this, all the other emotional baggage that might, you might see something clearly, even a fault in your, your, your wife, which I never do, but, <laughs> but, there, but there's a difference between that, which is very, very rare, and judging, right? <laughs> Sometimes in marriage, you can get in this thing where you're just in a, boy, you're both in a place of judgment. You're just angry at each other all the time. You don't give any, either anybody any slack. And, and you're always waiting for the other person to do better so you can do better. It never works that way. You do better, and then you leave them to their own designs because, listen, you're responsible for yourself first. Do not judge. You do not be judged. Get off their back. You know, we can have a talk. There's a difference between that and mutual respect. But when it gets into that, and you will know in the spirit when it's crossed over. You will know. Your spouse will really know, but you will know. You will know. So be sensitive about that, because you don't want to be in that space. Because then you'll not be judged if you don't do that, right? Don't condemn, and you'll not be condemned. You don't want whoever it is or whatever we're talking about here. Be careful with that one, because it comes back on your head in a negative way, and you don't want that. Give, and it will be given to you. And then I like this. Here, we've got it. Happy, abundant, and generous. I like that. A good measure. Think about this. A good measure in every area of your life. Whatever is most important to you. Pressed down. Shaken together, running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Let me tell you something. I would say, I'm speaking from a male point of view, for you husbands when you give to your wife in the ways that are important to them, because half the stuff that they think is important, we might not think important. Now, that wouldn't be me. (laughs) But when you cross over that line of things you don't think are important, that you know they're important to that other person, the one in the marriage, when you cross over, something supernatural happens. So I'm crossing over, step by step. <laughs> sometimes slowly, sometimes faster, right? All right. So, if you look at that last point there on the Roman 4, experiencing the good measure, press down, shake it together, and running over God. Two giving words are the key to this kind of life. Verse 37, forgiving, and the other is thanksgiving. Both terms cost you something, but they pay Huge dividends, huge dividends. How we learn, we yearn to hear that little one say, "Thank you, mommy, for being so nice to me. You make my bed and you cook my food. We thank you so much." If someone said that, we would fall over on the floor, you know, (laughs) faint. We might not recover from that for three three years, you know. But let's just say that maybe they did. What would that do? Philippians four. Rejoice, Lord, always. I'll say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. That's a real critical thing in relating to God. So again, we come in in prayer, accusing, angry, ah, you know, how long, oh God? And we get in Old Testament mode. How long, oh God? You know. <laughs> And, I just think this one's better. Thank you, God. I'm not sure what's going on here, but I totally trust you. Thank you. Because there's an answer here, and I thank you that you know me. Hear my petition and my prayer again. Amen. I think it hits God's heart, because that's the way He is. That's His... You know, if you want to get along with someone, you got to learn how they think and how they tick, right? So you're going to get on their turf. <clears throat> Even though you don't understand it, you need to understand them. That's the way you get along, right? Verse 7... I like this. And the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. So you get something back from that. Oh, yeah. This thanksgiving part is something that I just think is so incredible. It's been one of the greatest things that have been developing in my life, learning to say thanks, especially when there are negative circumstances. I fail miserably sometimes, but I'm getting better and I think I'm getting happier as a result. Yeah. Learning to give thanks. I just Sometimes I just give thanks, you know, as part of my generosity to God and to others, just because it feels good. It just, because, it just feels right, and just because I know from the Scriptures it's right. right? So we'll finish on this one here, Malachi 3, 8-18. Will a mere mortal rob God, yet you rob me. But you ask, how are we robbing you? And tithes and offerings, you're under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the warehouse, tithe meaning tenth, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty. This is the part I like. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Does that sound like a chintzy, stingy God to you? He said, well, just give it a shot and see what happens. And that's just 10%. Pretty good deal if all the rest of this happens. I'll prevent pests from devouring your crops. Ooh, I hate it when my washing machine and my dryer go out at the same time. Don't you? Pests devouring my crops or my refrigerator, huh, Chuck? I don't know. I got some demonic refrigeration going on right now. <laughs> Chuck's going to slay them all. I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and the vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before its ripe. Says the Lord Almighty. Notice, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bless the work of your hands. Now, there's not very many farmers here, probably. But, you know, I'm going to make that sale. I, I, I'm, I'm going to reap that thing that I've been selling toward. Then all nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land, says the Lord Almighty. I like these terms, don't you? Floodgates of heaven, delightful, blessed. Are you getting it? You getting it? <laughs> right? Getting rid of the hard attitudes, harsh attitudes, you know. Just, oh, you might be too cool not to say it out loud, but, you know, you've spoken arrogantly against me, says the Lord, yet you ask, why? what have we said against you? I didn't say nothing. You said it's futile to serve God. Oh, you didn't say it with your mouth, but you said it by your attendance. You said it by the way you work with other people, your attitude toward the church. Ah, it's a bunch of bunk. What do we gain by carrying our requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? <laughs> I think this guy, they need a little more revelation. But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, they get away with it. Oh my gosh. Anybody ever said that? Nobody here, probably. But let me just say it again, just to remind you, in case you might have said that. <laughs> it's futile to serve God. What am I doing? What do we gain by carrying all these requirements and going to church and being believers and all? You know, gosh, sometimes it's just so sad. We're like mourners. You know? But, you know, look at those people. They're having a great time with their money and everything. They look like they're blessed, but... And they, we call the arrogant blessed. Never call an arrogant person blessed. I think we should, I, I. Boy, I tell you, I got rid of that habit a long time ago. A lot of people are blessed, but they're arrogant. Rare that you find a person with a lot of whatever, and they're not arrogant. Certainly even... In that. Don't you want to cheer for someone that has a lot and that doesn't? It's not like that, but it's humble. I have a few, but I probably—never oh, mind. Certainly, evil do—I <laughs> have some famous people I admire because of their humility, but you might not agree. Certainly, evildoers prosper. Certainly, evildoers prosper, and even when they put God to the test, these guys get away with everything. As if you're God and you can see every nook and cranny of their life. But if you get into their life, we'll find out how much they really got away with. From all my counseling, all the things I've done, boy, people can look so good on the outside. And then, man, you open that, that uh, marriage up, or you open that job, or you just open their life a little bit, and you're going, oh, man, oh, man. And that's not uncommon. It's not, even in the church, right? So I want to test the uh, happy, generous, abundant God. How about you? Yay! I think I like these words, floodgates of heaven. That sounds nice. You know what? We could have the floodgates of heaven. I'm fully expecting the floodgates of heaven for this next season. I'm expecting a lot of people come to Christ. <laughs> Delightful, blessed, get rid of the wrong attitudes, the harsh things you say about God. And when you give every tithe, oh my gosh. It's like, how many appreciate when your kids like owe something or need to do something to chore and they slog around and they're muttering and they get away with whatever they can not to do it. I mean, is that a nice, healthy, happy family? I hate that. Oh, my mother used to really hate that. Because me and my brother did it a lot, right? (laughs) And man, we got a lecture (laughs) about happiness and cheerfulness and stuff. Oh, man. But we need to get rid of those. You said harsh things. We need to get rid of those wrong attitudes. Stop saying harsh things, things that aren't true even. And uh, I love this Matthew 3.16. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. See, then those who feared the Lord talked with each other, and the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honored his name. I like that a lot. See, it's really, really important that we give our thankful people. We keep a scroll of remembrance. I try to do that in my heart. I tell you, notice how thanksgiving has giving in it. Giving is a form of thanksgiving is a, give, a form of giving. I tell you, so much gets involved, uh, done in the Lord. So much happiness, so much freedom comes from learning to say thank you to God for every little thing. Yeah. And then yeah. other people, you start to get in the habit with other people. And if you know your kids, appre- you appreciate when your kids do it. But this thing has got so much in it. It's another type of sewing. Thanksgiving is another type of sewing that brings so much grace on your head, right? In these last two verses, living with distinction, I call it the blessing. Right? So when we test the happy, generous, abundant God in the ways that Scripture outlines. Then what happens is we begin to live with the blessing. You, On the day when I act, says the Lord Almighty, they will be my treasured possession. I will spare them just as a Father has compassion and spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not boy I tell you if there's anything that's happened during this time I have noticed the distinction between those who serve God and those who do not God is sparing his church he's having compassion on us and if you have eyes to see you're already beginning to see the distinction between those who serve God and those that don't those that don't in this atmosphere are very obvious they can't see anything But we can see. Because it's obvious. Those that serve God have a different attitude. Have a different way about them. They treat problems differently. I don't want to generate into that other place, right? Of mean. chancy, (laughs) Not happy. And especially if I give and sow. This is the part that we can work toward, I think, and and can really do well in. If you have to sow time, energy, or money, do it happily. God loves a cheerful giver. You know Why? Because he's a cheerful giver. And he gave the ultimate price, his own son, cheerfully. For the joy set before him, even Jesus gave cheerfully. He endured the cross, despised the same. For the joy set before him. I tell you, I'm after that joy packet. Yeah. In a landscape that not had much joy, I'm in for the joy. I'm looking for the joy. And I'm finding it by and large. There are days that I have rough times. I don't want to talk about them. Even last night, trying to prepare this sermon, you would not believe how... I assume either that or I'm just stupid. I'm not sure what. Just hard. But I think the devil really doesn't like this message at all. Man, judging by how much I suffered last night preparing this thing, I really don't think he loves it. He hates this message. He does not want you to be happy, abundant, and generous. Don't you know there's a plague? (laughs) When the devil gets real serious, he takes the virus to plague proportions. There's a plague! And that's the voice poison there's a plague you know just magnifying everybody oh my gosh what are we going to do run to the hills <laughs> man. and even the people in the world are catching it they're beginning to figure this out a little bit now come on <laughs> come on man <laughs> is there really that much trouble here Lord, I just pray for all those that are hiding and fearful, maybe even injured or in trouble today. I pray you to revive their spirit first. And I pray you to heal them and deliver them. Lord, we declare your generosity, your happiness, and your abundance. Let's all stand. Lord, I want to ask you, I just encourage the worship team to come up a little bit. So what... I feel like I should pray for you, but before I pray for you, I just encourage you to do something. So, when I was speaking, like, this might shock you, but sometimes you're speaking, you're going, oh my gosh, you're telling everybody about that, what about you? Oh, forgot about that one, sorry Lord. So as I'm speaking, I'm going, sorry about that Lord, I forgot about that one. I thought I was pretty clear on this, whoops, (laughs) I messed that one up. You know, even as I'm speaking, I'm doing that. So some of you are doing the same thing, right? So some of you, though, have just been down, and the enemy's put you in a rut. Because you've run over that ground. You know how you make a rut. You keep doing the wrong things over and over again, and you're in a rut. And you know, when you're in a rut, your, move, your wheels don't move real good. And so some of you are in that category. And, and I believe just by just simple response to the Lord. You might want to just come up here and just say, sorry about that, Lord. I'm changing my mind today. All right? Then others of you may want to come up and take advantage of all this generosity of God and start declaring things over your life and your wife and your family, right? And just take a moment to do it. Just take a minute. And uh, sometimes we like to come up here to do it because when you do it up here, uh, sometimes it feels like you've... It's, it's for you. It's not for us. It's for you to come up. So once you come up in any of those categories, either one of those two categories. You want to get rid of that uh, complainy, messy place you've been, or you want to groove your wife, your friend, or just before the Lord for certain things you're looking for in this time. Because I think God's so generous. I think we're going to see this distinction more and more between those that walk with God and don't not. And I think it would be right that the church is ahead of the curve already. We're already ahead of the curve. For the most part, we're already getting our bearings about us, reading the scriptures, God speaking to us, right? I just think there's a lot of good business that could be done here in light of what I've said, right here in the front. And even reward. Lord, we just approach you, the happy, abundant, and generous God. And if we're suffering in some way, whether it's loneliness or maybe isolation or perhaps a lack of money or resource. Lord, I just declare you are happy, abundant, and generous, and kind-hearted. As we pray today, I pray you'd hear everything we've had to say. Just in this next two minutes, or five minutes, or 15 minutes, however long we stay up here, I pray you'd hear our prayer. Some of us have very specific things that we need. Would you be generous toward us? Lord, we, we throw our whole faith on you to be generous. And for those of us that have been waiting a long time and seemingly like we've been stuck forever, I pray you'd take the baggage of that memory, the depression off of us. And where we've failed repeatedly, I pray, God, you'd break that cycle in Jesus' name. Just break it today. We don't want to live in that mess anymore. It's not any fun. Oh, Lord, I just declare you the happy, abundant, and generous God. Forgive us when we have a bad attitude even we give sometimes we have a bad attitude Whether are giving time energy or whatever change our heart oh and I don't have to twist your arm about any of this because you're already in front of us you're already there waiting to receive us as I've seen hearts change even in this service maybe on the live stream you can feel the anointing you can feel the grace of God Oh Lord the good measure the pressed down, the shaken together, running over. And even until then, Lord, the happiness of God in our spirit, the generous one who gave all for us. If he gave his son, what are these other little things? You think he's going to leave those undone? No way. He's not too important. He knows and he cares and has the power to deal with every detail of your life. May God deal with every detail of your life. Every situation, I pray for you. Difficult jobs, difficult relatives, difficult living situation. Diseases and sicknesses that are intimidating us. Conditions that don't seem to want to go away. Pain in our heart from something that happened in the past. that just don't seem to lift in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I just pray. I declare today, may you be happy, abundant, and generous in every way. May God's grace be all over you as you leave this place. May these principles be applied in your life. May you have good measure pressed down, shaken together in your life. Amen.